Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Euro's All Access podcast is proudly sponsored by Vauxhall. Before we kickstart today's episode, I just wanted to take a moment to make sure that all of our listeners are aware of the Vauxhall ELCV range. If you don't know what I'm referring to, it is the best-selling electric van range from Vauxhall, which is driving innovation in 2024 with its modern facelifted design and improved electric technology. Now, I know the transition to an electric vehicle can sometimes feel daunting, but rest assured that when you choose Vauxhall, you're in the safest of hands. The ELC V range is designed to be as accessible as a diesel van. With an electric range of up to 261 miles and with one year's free public charging included, you will find it cheaper to run too. If you are already thinking of making the leap to an all-electric vehicle, then consider this your official sign. Go online and search Vauxhall Electric Vans today. Vauxhall's best-selling electric van range, energising a better Britain. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Premier League preview show for game week 31 of the 17-18 season. I'm Tom Rennie and coming up on the show today, there's FA Cup quarterfinal action this weekend. So a very reduced Premier League calendar, but seven teams from the top tier will be hoping to make it to Wembley for the semi-finals. Can Manchester United, can Chelsea salvage their seasons with cup glory? Both have sacked bosses in the past for only delivering the cup. And Mark Hughes has his first game in charge of Southampton. It's the easiest of the quarterfinals against Wigan, but will he, or indeed Southampton, be interested? Mark Hughes apparently has a million pounds to come if he keeps them in the Premier League. That's all coming up on the preview show. It's all over here at St James's Park. Graham Courtney, Newcastle 3, Southampton 0. Richie has finished it very nicely indeed. This is going to do nothing to settle this place down. West Ham 0, Burnley 3, 82 minutes on the clock. Chris Wood there to pounce onto the loose ball and tuck it home. Booze around Old Trafford. Celebration from the travelling Spaniards who progress and Jose Mourinho has many questions to answer. Is Messi, is this goal number 100 in the Champions League? Yes, it is. Good night, Chelsea. This weekend in the FA Cup, there are four quarterfinals. On Saturday at 12.15 UK time, it's Swansea against Tottenham. Late on Saturday, 7.45 UK time kickoff, Manchester United up against Brighton. On Sunday, two games from the FA Cup. It's Wigan against Southampton at 1.30 UK time, followed by Leicester against Chelsea in the Premier League. Huddersfield against Crystal Palace is at 3 o'clock. Liverpool against Watford is the late game on Saturday. Also Bournemouth against West Bromwich Albion and Stoke against Everton. So plenty to still be decided this weekend with those relegation places down the bottom of the Premier League. Still anyone's guess. With me this week and every week we can get him, it is Talk Sports football editor David Walker. How are you, mate? You all right? I think I'm doing better than you are, judging by your Twitter feed mm. this week. Mm. You've not been off it. Moaning, complaining. Yeah. Yeah. Commiserating. I mean, that game last week, Dave. I mean, I didn't think West Ham would be great this year. I didn't think they would be world beaters. 
But the sheer meltdown that came after Ashley Barnes' goal last week, I was shocked by it. And for then the squad to still fly to Miami, and are they hard at work training 24 hours a day, teaching Cheku Tiate to track a runner? Track a runner, Cheku! Instead, no, they're on the beach with Joe Hart, who for some reason was picked at the weekend, baffling, baffling. He did a very poor job of applying sunscreen. He can't put sun cream on a 17-year-old kid. Is that a prank? Is he trying to draw something on the back of Declan Rice? Like, his, awful job. His arms were, were very red. His arms are so red, and also, I would imagine That's his hands hurt. are covered in butter. That's going to hurt when he dies. Why did he play last weekend? week? I still don't know. I've still got no idea why Joe Hart's playing for a Premier League team. It baffles me. He's rubbish. All right. Utter rubbish. I can, I can understand... Might be great fun at the beach, though. I can understand your frustration... You're not. You're certainly not the only West Ham fan that I've seen this week, up in arms about the situation last weekend and the going to Miami this week. But they have the pictures that we see that get put in the papers and on the websites mm. are obviously going to be the ones of the players on the beach mm. to to make it look like it's what you're describing that they're all up on a all off on a jolly. They have been training. I have seen pictures of Stuart but Pierce with they his, train at home with his with his shorts roll right up. Yeah, working the players hard. You know, if they're going away to do some training, it's terrible weather back here. Maybe they just want to get away for a few days, get together, But they train. play in terrible weather. Yeah, but... Like, why would you need it's to... An, prepare? Yeah, but it's like, it's like, you know, in boxers, they train in different altitudes to get ready for the fight that's taking place in that altitude. But if you're not going to be doing that, then why would you do it? We play in England. It's cold here. They're not the only team to have done it. Successful teams have done it as well. I think Burnley yeah, went away a few weeks ago. That's a great ago. point, no you know. Could, no you make one, a great point complains. there. Man City have gone to Abu Dhabi for the week. However, they need a break because they are top of the Premier League, still in the Champions League, and have had a great season. They need to rest their minds. I haven't seen a West Ham player use their brain yet. I know it doesn't look good. It's bad PR for the club. It's Who bad, does the PR? It's bad timing. But they it's like may, a three-year-old. But it isn't to say that it has been a complete waste of time. They yeah. have been working on things over there, so we don't know yet. However, those pictures were hilarious, mm. especially James Collins in his shirt, shirt. buttoned right up to the top <laughs> on the beach. I bet he'd love to be at Rush Green working. Mark, he'd Mark, love it. Mark Noble's tattoo, by the, the way. The lips. The lips on his, on his like, wait, what yeah. is that? I, I mean, you thought, I thought Mark Noble was a very much sort of straight up and down. You know what you're going to get with Mark Noble. Mm. Side parting. Yeah. Sticks the penalties down the middle. I did not expect that tattoo from him. No, he looks like he's in one direction. <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> tattoo. Uh, anyway, West Ham... Um, are out in Miami, Leicester in Marbella, Newcastle have gone abroad as well, Man City have gone abroad, there's plenty Newcastle of them Newcastle haven't got a game for about 20 days. No, they don't, and they might be safe from relegation, so maybe they could have saved that money and bought a striker for next year. I don't know. Um, this week, we've had a bad one, haven't we, in, in European football? Mm. Uh, Man United, supposed to talk about them first. They were just, they were so poor, they were so bad, and they got worse when Pogba came on. When Fellaini came on, they could big diagonal to Maran Fellaini and knock it down to people. They weren't great, obviously, but I thought there seemed to be a game plan. That bit where Pogba came on and just passed it into touch, they were dreadful. They and were, They were really bad. I, I don't, I, I, the, the world seems to have really gone in on Mourinho this week because of the way they played. Well, is they lost it in the first leg. Yeah, yeah. 0-0 away from home in the Champions League is not a good result. A lot of people were saying, oh, well, they, you know, they got the draw. Against Barcelona, maybe. Yeah, but you, you know, you've, got to, you've got to score. If you think the game's going to be tight over the two legs, an away goal is crucial. As we saw, like I saw you say on Twitter the other day, 
You've been loving my Twitter feed, haven't I, you? Really, I really have. But joining the two thousand because, eh? because of the away goals rule, <laughs> there was no real jeopardy oh, at the I end. Hate was the there? away goals rule. They didn't have anything to go for because they knew they needed two. Like Edin Zeko scored for Roman the other night, and they went through on away goals. But the tie was still two-two. Both teams had scored two goals each across yeah. the tie. It doesn't add anything. I don't think it does. It's so aggravating. No, and if it's meant to encourage into attacking play, certainly didn't from Man United. No, and but that's another issue entirely. And I, I thought after that performance against Liverpool, which I, I thought you know a, a more positive than we've seen in recent weeks from yeah. Manchester United, really big result. And they, Palace as well. Yeah. When they threw caution to the wind and, and turned a two nil to three yeah. two attack. And Rashford was brilliant against Liverpool, and. I thought they'd go into this game off the back of those two wins and really go for it. They're in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, you know, get through, brilliant. But it just wasn't there. Mm. Sevilla are a good team. Uh, I don't share the opinion of someone like Ray Wilkins, who on this station said that they'd be bottom six in the Premier League. I don't think they would be. They've got a great record in European Cup competitions. Did he, he did, yeah, yeah, to <laughs> widespread derision, you know, with all due respect, Ray. But Manchester United certainly had the players to beat Sevilla in a one-off match. Sevilla have conceded a lot of goals this season. They weren't a team that Man United need to be worried about. My favourite aspect, I watched the game on TV, and Paul Scholes, for some reason, is allowed on TV. The least charismatic person who ever lived. Uh, that's in the UK, of course. And, I don't mind um, him, actually. He's terrible, mate. And basically... I think he's got he's quite there. a dry sense of humour. It's quite good. Dry? Yeah. it choke you. He's so dry, he's ridiculous. He's like <laughs> trying to listen to the Sahara. He can't all be zany like you, mate. No, well, you know, sure. If he hasn't got a ball at his feet, I don't want to see him on TV. Okay. But my favourite part of it was when he was like, this lot ain't got a goal in them. There's no way that Sevilla are going to score here against Man United. We should be more more attacking, I think. And then, uh, of course, they scored a couple of goals from Wissam Ben Yedda. Just make me laugh. Oh, we should have won that game, I think. <laughs> well, he's right. It's a very good impression. <laughs> it's not bad. It's like he's in the room. <laughs> I don't do many impressions, but the ones I nail, I really oh. nail. Um, do you think it was weird how many Chelsea fans seem to be delighted with the way they valiantly lost I, I at, at Barcelona? I don't think they were delighted. I think, you know, they were trying to look for the positives in, in what is not a great period for them at the moment. And they played Barcelona. Mm. You know, Messi scored his 100th goal in the Champions League, which is quite remarkable. Uh, he was brilliant on the night, as he scored in the first leg as well. And th- that first that first leg, really, if they'd gone to the new camp with the one nil, mm. the tie could have been so different. Because on the on the night they they weren't a million miles away, but they. But having said that, Barcelona didn't really have to do much. No, it wasn't one of their great performances. They weren't amazing, and were yet they? they still won three nil. It was mm. comfortable. I think if they were pressed, if the game, if Chelsea did get a goal back, and and there was all of a sudden there was a bit of tension in the game, you think Barcelona would have been able to step it up and and move forward again. So, do you think that performance and that result keeps Eden Hazard and Thibaut Courtois, to name but two that have been linked with the move to Spain in recent times, Real Madrid specifically, keeps them at Stamford Bridge for another year? Because in a big game, all you got to do really, if you're Real Madrid, obviously there's lots in there, but the main thing. Perform in the Classico, perform against Barcelona, massive audition for them. Mm. And they both, I mean, Courtois especially, yeah, really poor. I saw a great line about Courtois. If Messi nutmegged him again, he got to keep him. Do you see the headline of, of Marca, the Spanish newspaper, sports, sports newspaper, was Eurotunnel. <laughs> <laughs> with, with that shot of the ball going very through his good. legs. Very, very good. Uh, and, and that's why, and we're going to talk FA Cup a little bit later. I think the FA Cup, it has been derided, you know, a lot by me this year and for, for having a, a kind of lack of significance. I think the FA Cup this year is about as important as anything else 
because, you know, you've got Spurs and Chelsea in that Champions League race, really for fourth between the two of them. Yep. I think they're both, you know, all this Spurs got to win a trophy. Chelsea are not favourites to finish in the top four. They've got Spurs next week in the league, so they've got to get through against Leicester. That is a rock-hard tie. Uh, Man United have got Brighton. I wouldn't fancy facing Brighton in the cup. They're all but safe in relegation, maybe one or two wins away, which I think they'll get. Uh, I wouldn't fancy playing them even at home, especially I wouldn't want to play at home again after another couple, a couple of days after the Sevilla game. They have been, United, dug out left, right and centre. Apparently there's leaks coming from the camp, the leak about Mourinho in the last few days, uh, an unknown senior figure saying Jose's not the manager we thought. I mean, that is not a scenario where you then want to face a decent Brighton team at home, is it? This could be one of the greatest FA Cup weekends we've had in a long, long time. Dave, there's no replays. My interest is peaked. We could have Swansea, Brighton, Wigan and Leicester. That'd be so good. I'd be so happy. I'd be so happy with that. I fancy all the underdogs. It's going to be, well, not Swansea, but apart from Swansea, I fancy all the underdogs this weekend. Um, But you just don't know in the FA Cup. We're going to preview all of that uh, and we're going to join... And we're going to be joined by our special guest. Oh, I'll do that bit again. We're going to preview all that and plenty more. Stay with us. It's the Premier League preview show for the FA Cup quarterfinal weekend and the 31st weekend of the season as well. Luis Suarez brings it forward towards the edge of the penalty area. Here's Messi. Is this goal number 100 in the Champions League? Yes, it is. Good night, Chelsea. Lionel Messi, a milestone goal. And it's a victory for Barcelona. Chelsea's brave resistance finally evaporates. They've been brilliant second half. But yet again, a cheap concession of possession. Lionel Messi, his 100th Champions League goal, is the one that eliminates Chelsea once and for all. You're listening to the Premier League preview show and for this week, the FA Cup quarterfinal preview show as well. Tom Rennie and David Walker with you. Now, the big story of this week is how poor our teams have been in the Champions League. We'll talk about Manchester United in a moment. They take on Brighton and Hove Albion this weekend. But another massive game in the Cup takes place on Sunday as Leicester take on Chelsea. These two Premier League giants, United and Chelsea, their seasons now all wrapped up in how they do in the FA Cup. You could argue this is maybe the most important FA Cup quarterfinal weekend we've had in a long, long time. And Spurs. And Spurs as well, of course, lest we forget. Um, but I always forget about them because I always think the big teams and then you know, Spurs, not interested, are we? Um, anyway, to talk about that, and it also didn't work in the link I was doing, but thanks, Dave. Um, we've been joined by our former Chelsea man uh, to talk about some of those stories and plenty more. Michael Jubri's with us. How are you, mate? You all right? I'm good, I'm good. How you doing? We're doing all right, mate. And also, a lot of Chelsea fans seem to be doing all right, but we're a little bit baffled here on the preview show team as to why so many Chelsea fans seem happy to have lost in the Champions League against Barca because, oh, they gave it a good go, didn't they? Like they're Wigan or something. (laughs) Um, You know what? I'll have to jump on that bandwagon. Listen, I watched the game yesterday. 3-0 doesn't look like a great scoreline. But when you're looking at the game, um, three mistakes at one stage, two shots on the target for both teams, but 2-0 for Barcelona. Second half, we were dominating them. Um, it sounds like, sound like I'm playing FIFA with my kids. I'm beating you, but yeah, Dad, I'll beat you 3-0. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it was that sort of game. And I'm not saying everyone's happy to be out, but it could have been worse. You know, look at the performance could have been poor performance and getting beat 3-0. It wasn't. So it gives hope for the last nine cup finals in the league and, uh, you know, the FA Cup tie that they've got coming. So I think it gives 
a little boost that, that isn't all dead and lost. In we've got some life in the in the squad and the team. Did you enjoy it more because Jose Mourinho went out the night before and United were so embarrassing, so lacking in endeavour and desire to get forward? Is there an element of that to the way Chelsea went out? And is that why you're also positive, having essentially been thrashed by Barcelona? No. Uh, you know what? It, it, it sounds silly, but right now Chelsea are, despite league fishing, we're a, we're a better team than, than Man United. And we're not looking, you know, that would be some of the lesser minds that think, you know, because Man United went out, we went out. We have our own vision and our own destiny and our own goals. And we went out, and the manner we went out was we went out, you know, fighting. We took them to the shore, was unlucky, crossbar, had possessions. Um, we were still in the tie uh, up until the third goal. You were out um, the tie in 128 but... seconds. No, no, no. This football, come on, let's not get into this. This football, until the final whistle blows. Um, we got a goal, it opened up. The way we were playing was, you know, it, it was it was good. We needed one goal and it changed the whole tyre and it didn't happen. But to answer your first thing, it wasn't because of uh, Man United and Jose Mourinho. You know, I, I'm not that way anyway. And some of the Chelsea fans that I know weren't thinking that, you know, yes, it was pleasant that Man United went out and the way they went was pretty pitiful. But um, that's another story. Anyway, this weekend, Leicester City away, the FA yeah. Cup, as Tom mentioned in the intro, it has taken on a slightly greater significance now, this competition for Chelsea, for Man United, for Spurs. It is a, a trophy they can all win. They've all had that disappointment of going out of the Champions League. Do you fancy Chelsea's chances away at Leicester on Sunday? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Chelsea, Leicester, in any one-off game, I'll, I'll take the Blues all day. Um, so I think that the, the way they played, I think... We look better. I think we look better with Drew up top. Um, give us a chance to build and play. Williams playing well. Hazard's got it in him to, to open up and unlock defences. Um, yeah, I, I fancy this all day against Leicester. I would not fancy playing Leicester City. Of all the teams really left in this competition, certainly away from home at the King Power as well, because Vardy's in terrific form. Goal last weekend was amazing. Right up there with one of the goals of the season. Riyad Mahrez has shaken off his latest hissy fit. Uh, Claude Puel is a cup manager. He's proved that time and time again during his career. This is, for me, the toughest of all the draws that anyone's got in the quarterfinals. And with such a limp and pathetic way that Chelsea are so happy to lose to a greater club in the week, I'd be surprised if they're able to lift their performance against Leicester. And I'd be surprised if they didn't go out this week and then and they lose to, Ch- to, uh, to Tottenham next week in the league, whether we'd seen the end of Antonio Conte within the fortnight. Well, um, <laughs> should it all there, Tom? No, like you said, a one-off game. Yeah, I fancy us against Leicester, and I fancy us against you know whoever. Like it, it, it's it's the question. Leicester, Chelsea on paper. Yeah, I fancy us. Vardy's in great form, but I fancy us. Um, the manager, the cup manager, but I fancy us. Um, and like most good teams, you take one game at a time. And, and the Barcelona games put to bed. They got Champions League, so you know the focus is on. The, the FA Cup and going to that game I think everyone will be high on confidence um, be high looking to win and, and I think that's what they're going to go and do A uh, massive game for Chelsea away at Leicester that is on Sunday 4 o'clock UK time in the FA Cup 6th round I just wanted to ask you because we mentioned Mourinho there about yeah. Man United uh, they're of course in action this weekend as well in the FA Cup against Brighton getting their usual 
Dolly FA Cup fixture at home. But is it that? Because Brighton have been in tremendous form. They're scoring goals and they've got nothing to lose. And the great thing about Chris Hewton teams is they won't go there and be 10 behind the ball, you know, like Mourinho does in big games. Brighton will go there and try and win it. And why not? Yeah, you're right. Brighton will go and play and try and win. Man United, the game they played Champions League was just one of the worst European performances I've seen a Man United team ever play. I'm surprised how negative everyone has been about Man United. They were bad. But, I mean, Besiktas just got done by Bayern. Was it 9-1 in the end, in, in their quarterfinal? It wasn't as bad as all that, was it? Was it really one of the worst European performances ever? Or is this everyone joyously, and I'm happy to put myself in that camp, joyously digging out Jose Mourinho? No, when I say ever, it's, it's been one of the worst performances ever I've seen a Man United mm. team play, for sure. Um, ever? Well, that's, a, that's a bit far. It was... From, from, I think, everyone looked at the draw, and I think they reckon Man United had one of the easier draws. They should have put it to bed earlier. They thought maybe they were getting the draw over there to go and put them to sleep at Old Trafford. And then they were so cautious and so tippy toe frightened. The players were frightened and timid. Yeah, so it was a... Um, I'm not sitting... I'm not a Man United basher or Jose Mourinho basher. I'm not that. That's not... I don't come from that cloth, but... It was a poor performance, and being honest, it was one of the worst, if not the worst, um, European performance I've seen a Man United play. So it was bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think for people that um, used to wear the Man United badge, fans that have seen them play, you know, they're, they're saying that, and they're calling it. Yeah, and I think people do get, comp- like, gloat that Man United are in a, that sort of position, but it was just a bad performance. It was a bad performance, a very bad performance. And yet, a few days before, against Liverpool last Saturday, they did, obviously, once they had the lead, they defended, as you'd expect. But they did go at them yeah. at the start, and they scored two early goals, and they did look a lot more exciting, and it was, it was a good performance and a really important result for them. To follow it up with that, against a team who Sevilla are very experienced in Europe, won a lot of trophies, they're, they're a successful European side, but they have conceded an awful lot of goals this season. and They're not a team that they should have been scared of, and it looked like they were. Yeah, and that... that... I don't think anyone but the players in the dressing can answer why do you look so scared and why do you look so timid. Um, they were there for the taking to build that like, and, and they grew in confidence thinking, hold on a minute, this this team ain't doing anything. Let's go and attack them. This isn't... They were expecting to, to be defending and up against it and they weren't. So they just got more confident. So, you know, the inconsistency that Man United shown is, is strange because they're all international. They're all, like, top players. So why the... The extreme in performances, um, we don't know. Um, that's only something that, you know, the players, and maybe the players more than the managers. I'm not sure the manager, yeah, he sets them out defensively, but he gives them the the, the, the freedom to play. So why they were playing like that and, and so naive and so open and all the, the negative words that come out of a bad performance is um, only they can answer and be uh, accountable for. I fancy Brighton and Leicester this weekend, and I wonder <laughs> what that out? means for Mourinho <laughs> and Antonio Conte. It is a week uh, where Maurizio Pellegrino was sacked at Southampton. If we segue back into the league, Mark Hughes is now in charge there. Of course, he was Stoke City manager for such a long time, and it's all so uh, tightly knit, isn't it, down the bottom with West Ham, Southampton, Palace, Stoke, not West Brom, of course, Swansea, Newcastle, Bournemouth, still not fully out of it. Just wanted to ask you briefly about Stoke City. You are in Premier League action this weekend against Everton. What's the reaction been like at your former club, Dubes, with, with Mark Hughes bombed out, what, six, seven weeks ago, and now he's in charge of Southampton on a million-pound bonus if he keeps him up in the next eight games? 
Yeah, it, 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 it was a shock appointment, um, you know, surprise sacking, you know, there's any surprise sacking in football, but yeah, surprise sacking, and Sparky taking the helm, obviously they think he, he can get them out. Um, I mean, Stoke's focus is on Stoke. Um, what Sparky does and Mark Hughes does, I don't think anyone too worried about. I'm sure um, Mark Hughes would be thinking, you know what, I can get them out, I've got a plan, I, I know football. Um you know, for my old club, Stoke, I hope they, they really dig in. You know, the, the, the game against Man City, that was they put that to bed. That was never one they could mm. expect to get points off. But there's other games that they should be looking at themselves thinking there's points to be got. And, and this is one, right? Month, Everton at home. I mean, you've yes, got to win for that. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's one they're saying, this is three points. A draw won't do, it's three points. And one they should be looking thinking, we can we can get three points. This is a game we, we should be winning. Um, and that's going to be the sort of mindset they have to have up until the end of the season if they really want to get themselves out. And it's that dogfight we spoke about last time I was on the show, that have they got that dogfight, has it in them, you know, there's no chance of like pretty football. Get 3-0 up and the pretty football might come in, but you have to battle, grind your teeth, roll your sleeves up, all the cliches about hard work, harding work, working hard. And that's what Stoke City, the, 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 the town's about, working hard. And hopefully that's something that rubs off onto the players on the Saturday. They used to do that under Mark Hughes for a long, long time. Maybe now Southampton will start doing it. Stoke could rue the fact they'd let him go, or Mark Hughes could take them both down effectively this season. You never know what's going to happen. All I know is it's going to be drama right to the end. And all I know is I'm very happy to once again have spoken to Michael Jubry. Thanks a lot, mate. We'll speak to you again. All Cheers, right. lad. Thank you very much. Good man. Michael nice Jubry there, Premier League, a legend, once of Leeds and Chelsea and Stoke as well. Uh, when we come back, Franny Benali, another. Premier League ledge is going to join us to talk about that Mark Hughes situation. I don't understand it either. Maybe you can explain it to me. It's the Premier League preview show. And there's a chance here for Jacobs! And we're going to back in the game! Michael Jacobs, what a finish we're in store for now! Good work by Buffal. Lovely turn and run. He's gone past Neon and past Livermore and past Dawson. He's gone to the edge of the penalty area. Can he hand it off? He doesn't need to! Oh! What a goal! What a goal! Squares it across the face of goal, and there it is. Ivan Tony puts Wigan ahead on the half hour. It might break for Austin here. Austin is through and scores. Southampton ahead. Oh, Grig, he's got him behind the defence. They've given it away, and he's running to edge of the 18 yard box. He's shot into the far corner and scored. Oh, my word. Would you believe it? Will Griggs on fire. It is the Premier League preview show for the 31st week of the Premier League season, but of course not that many teams in action this weekend, so we're also looking at the FA Cup quarter-final weekend as well. Loads of stories going on in the Premier League right now. One down the bottom with Southampton is drawing a lot of attention. They sacked Maurizio Pellegrino. Should have they done it a little bit earlier on? Maybe, because it's taken me a year to stop calling him Pellegrini. I finally nailed it. Uh, and now he's gone, and I may never hear from him again. And after five wins in 30, probably about right that I don't. Uh, Mark Hughes has got the job. He's a former Saints player, of course, uh, in the late 90s, toward the tail end uh, of his career. Was at Stoke City, manager there for years before being sacked a few weeks ago. Paul Lambert's in charge there now. Uh, apparently, you get a million-pound bonus if he keeps Southampton in the Premier League. Is that too much, considering Southampton have never been in the bottom three for, the, for maybe all of this season and aren't in it right now? Let's ask a Saints legend all about it, shall we? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, 
relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The Euros All Access podcast is proudly sponsored by Vauxhall. I just wanted to take a moment to make sure that all of our listeners are aware of the new Vauxhall Combo Electric. The Combo Electric is Vauxhall's new compact van that is made right here in Britain at their Ellesmere Port plant. Not only does the new van look fantastic and with a striking redesign, but by manufacturing the Combo Electric locally, Vauxhall is helping to support the British workforce. Local manufacturing also reduces the cost of going electric, making the transition accessible for more businesses. With an electric range of up to 205 miles on a single charge and one year's free public charging included, the new Combo Electric is ready to take on whatever you throw at it. Head online today and see for yourself. Search Vauxhall Electric Vans and prepare to lead the charge. Vauxhall's best-selling electric van range, energising a better Britain. Terms and conditions apply. Francis Bernardi joins us on the line. How are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, very well, Tom. Thanks. Uh, former teammate of yours, now in charge of Southampton. I mean, we'll talk in a minute about, about whether it is too late. But firstly, it's a swift appointment. They're not messing around with two or three weeks of thinking about, oh, we'll get for next season. They're bothered about next season. Southampton have looked into it, seen the best man available and, and got the job done. That's a good thing, right? Yeah, no, that's right. I think, um, you know, the, the board gave Pellegrino more than a fair crack to, to try and turn things around. And the, the result against Stoke, the draw against Stoke at home, and then um, the defeat against Newcastle just, I think, sealed his fate. But, um, yeah, as you mentioned, it's probably the last window of opportunity to have made the decision. And uh, by appointing Mark Hughes now, it gives him a, a fighting chance. And obviously the cup game this weekend, but a few weeks before the next huge game against it you know only too well uh, West Ham United which is going to be an absolutely huge a win for both a win for Southampton now. is what you're saying right well I've, I've, I've <laughs> got to put that down mate yeah I know you may argue otherwise but <laughs> no um... I agree totally <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it gives them a chance to work with the squad and come in and have that, that instant impact hopefully and in some ways, having this first game being an FA Cup quarterfinals, it's a big game, but it's, it's a nice first game, isn't it? Because if they lose, no one's going to be too disappointed. The focus is on the league. But if they win, it's a great feel-good factor to take into that next game. Yeah, it's a good opportunity. I mean, you know, they've got to turn something around somehow. I mean, that last week's performance and result, conceding three goals in the manner of it, I think, you know, and, and Pellegrino alluded to that in his post-match conference that... Um, you know, saying that a few of the players gave up. I mean, that, that that's worrying to hear that. Uh, you know, the minimum requirement when you're down at the bottom of the table at this time of the season is to be fighting and scrapping for every single point and giving everything, even if you're not sort of playing particularly well and the confidence is low. But um, that's something Mark Hughes will come in and address immediately, I would say. Uh, and, and it's a slight distraction, as you mentioned. You know, it's the FA Cup. It's, um, it's going to be a tough game. Make no mistake about that. Wigan will be 
relishing the opportunity to take Saints on. But hopefully, we're, as we've seen on many occasions, the, the, the first game after a new appointment of a manager often gets a reaction from the squad and the team as well. So from a Southampton perspective, I hope that that's a, a positive thing. This has got Weekend of the Underdog written all over it. I've already gone <laughs> Brighton to win against United. I've already gone Leicester to beat Chelsea. Wigan's form as well in the last few weeks. They've climbed back up to second, beat Bradford away the weekend. Great result against Blackburn a couple of weeks ago. They, Dave, are a very, very good team. And, and especially in the FA Cup as well. Since they were relegated in 2013, which, lest we forget, was the year they actually won the competition, <laughs> they've beaten six Premier League sides in the FA Cup since then which is remarkable, really. They're on a great run, aren't they? Yeah, and, and being home tie as well, the supporters will be massively up for this. And uh, it's, it's, it's set, and there's a huge prize at stake. You know, an opportunity of a, a Wembley semi-final for, for both sides is a, is a big incentive to progress through to the, the next round. Got some good players as well. We all love Will Grigg, and, and hopefully the commentary world will avoid saying he's on fire at the very least in the first round of the line when he scores the winning goal against Southampton. Um, back to uh, what's happening at Southampton right now, Franny. Pellegrino, did he get far, far too long or did he not get long enough? Because you're not in the bottom three, are you? I mean, it was bad against Newcastle, but he still isn't bottom of the league. You're not gone like West Brom. No, that's true. But, you know, we're only one point above the Palace, Tom, and that's, that is a worrying thing. We, you know, we've drawn way too many games. Um, more than any other side in the Premier League, having only won five. West Brom of the, you know, only the only other side that have won less games than us all season. So, you know, there's an obvious problem there. We've we've spoke countless times about the problem of trying to score throughout the season. Um, so yeah, if that decision was going to be made, it had to be made now and no later. Uh, but there's some winnable games in there. You know, I've been in the scenario as a player where you're going into, on some occasions in my my experience, into the last game of the season wondering what the outcome of your fate is going to be. Um, so there's, there's some tough fixtures in there, naturally, when you look at the, the run-in for Samson, but there's some also some winnable games, and hopefully with Mark Hughes' appointment and his influence and an impact and a reaction from the squad that are there, they'll, um, they'll, they'll climb to a bit of safety. But they've got to start winning some games. They've mm. certainly drawn way too many matches for me this year. What do you think Mark Hughes can and will do with, with this side in order to try and keep them up because we've talked about it a lot on the show this season for me Southampton are, are a team that have underperformed teams like Burnley who are greater than the sum of their parts Southampton are completely the other way around they've mm. got good players to me they're a better team than when their league position is at the moment so what do you think he needs to do to, to improve the immediate fortunes well, I think it's, it's been a bit braver and, and, and a little bit more attacking minded yes Defending is a huge part of the game. We know that and how important that is and, and tactics and games, etc. And depending on the opposition who you're up against. But I think that's what's frustrated a lot of Samson supporters. And, and I've, I've, I've been disappointed in what we've seen over the last couple of seasons and, and, and under um, Claude Puel as well. You know, there's, there's been very much a, a possession-based, keep the football pass sideways, pass backwards. But, you know, take teams on and sort of be brave and try and take the team to a game to, to a side, and especially when you're playing at home. I mean, you know, away from home, you can understand setting up a little bit more defensive, but be braver, be more creative. And we've got the players in the squad, as you just mentioned, Dave, and um, it's just bringing that creativity out and, that, you know, a little bit of confidence, installing some belief in the players. Um, and, and, you know, as we know, it, it can often just take one good performance, one good result, just to flick that switch. Um, but they've certainly got to run 
uh, halt the run of, uh, of results and losses that they've had in recent games. You know, put some more Ws on the board. Mm. Uh, and just finally, on that whole relegation situation, I know it's the Cup this weekend, and quite frankly, it's almost impossible to predict how the game's going to go between Wigan and Southampton. But down the bottom of the table, how? I mean, you've got such experience of being down the wrong end of the Premier League table and battling your way out of it. From yeah. the teams that are down there, from what you've seen, who is going to go, who is going to stay, and who do you think is going to have that Southampton-esque run, that classic Alan Ball Southampton run where you make a somehow you beat in Man City and Chelsea when three weeks ago you were getting I don't know thrashed at home by Burnley yeah no that's right well I, I suppose the saving grace for a lot of the sides down there Tom is that no one's really picking wins up are they and I, I would say probably from I don't know thinking about the table anyone from Swansea in 14th downwards should be still worried I'd say Newcastle Bournemouth Brighton they, they'll be safe enough and there's enough games to pick up enough points to keep them out of trouble anyone below Swansea is is in a scrap um, it's quite naturally I would say West Brom plus two and, and it's going to be hard to call I mean it's, it's it's down to the players the squads the supporters as well I mean you know only too well through West Ham mate how that can affect performances and belief I'm and banned, confidence mate. I'm banned I'm not it's allowed a... I know <laughs> but it's it, it, you know I'm liking in my experience again in my time when we were struggling in the past personally. There was that belief as a player within the squad that, you know, you've got to have that belief in your own ability, your teammates' ability, but the supporters have got to be with you as well. And that makes a huge difference. Um, and it is literally fighting and scrapping for every single thing. And, you know, if, if there's one thing that, you know, any of the sides down there could take from my experiences, it is until it's mathematically impossible um, to stay up, then, you know, there's always a chance. Um, but they've got to be brave. You know, there's, there's too many teams sort of losing and drawing games, and maybe it's just having that bravery to really go out, attack a team in certain games, um, and, and most importantly, win these games against sides that are in and around you. They are the, the cliched six-pointer, and it is so true when you look at some of the fixtures that are coming up. Yeah, you've got to get some three-pointers on the board. Franny, one final quick question, if you don't mind. We were talking about this earlier on, and I cannot be dissuaded from the argument that all these team breaks to Marbella and Miami and wherever, they're just jolly ups, aren't they? What is this? Like All this, oh, we're going for some warm weather training. you got James Collins hiding from the sun under an umbrella. They're hanging around yeah. chatting to women in the, on, the, on the beach, you know. What, what improvements can you get from these trips? I, I just don't get it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you in a, in a big way on that one, Tom. The only thing I, I would possibly say against that is that it, it's almost the last roll of the dice in some ways. It's almost like the, the powers that be are thinking, right, what can we do to, to just freshen things up, to have a change of scenery possible, um, just to re-energise the players somehow. Um, yes, I, I, on the face of it, it does seem that it's that, that jolly in the sun when we should be back here working and preparing for the next match or the next matches or the running. Um, and and I, I agree with that. So I'm I'm a little bit in both camps, but you know, personally, I I wouldn't have said I needed a trip in the sun somewhere to to focus on what the running is. It it will be a a break for them, a change of scenery. Um, it might, especially as you mentioned, alluding to West Ham scenario, um, take them away from the whole environment that they're in and around at the moment. Um, that's possibly another bonus that 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 could be associated with a trip abroad. But yeah, I, I I get it. On the face of it, it seems like well, why are you going away when we're in the position we are? And certainly, why take Andy Carroll? I ain't going to play. But I'm not going to get into it again. 
West Ham aren't playing this weekend. I'm already mad enough. Uh, Franny's going to be part of our international commentary team this weekend. He's going to be right across this relegation situation. Our feature game at 3 o'clock UK time is Huddersfield against Crystal Palace. And Franny is going to be hoping for a Huddersfield win, I'm sure. Uh, good man, mate. We'll, we'll see you at the weekend. All right. Look forward to seeing you guys. Have a good day. Southampton legend Francis Benali with us. Lots more to get through. You're listening to the Premier League preview show. Harry Kane on the half hour. He actually put the ball into the net. It was disallowed, but you saw on TV replays that Kane's right ankle seemed to crumple underneath the trailing leg of Asmir Begovic. We are uh, calm, relaxed because we have quality enough to to play and, and win games. It's not an excuse that Harry is now out for a few weeks that uh, we are not going to, to have the same mentality and try to win the games like uh, with him. The Premier League preview show for the 31st week of the season. Tom Rennie and David Walker with you. We're talking FA Cup quarterfinals as well. And the very first of those FA Cup quarterfinals is Swansea against Tottenham. 12.15 UK time from the Liberty. Dave, uh, Swansea, the run they've been on, the form they've been in, the goals they've been scoring, the positivity with Carlos Carvalhal in charge. I mean, this seemed like a bit of a walkover for Spurs when the draw first came in. I don't see it now. I couldn't tell you who to pick. And, of course, with Spurs, you always back them because they've got a great striker up front. This weekend, they've got good strikers up front. Kane out. However, did you see the match against Bournemouth last weekend? Mm-hmm. They got there in the end, but it, for a while it looked a bit tight. Spurs looked a bit nervous. It wasn't quite working. Kane went off. And actually, that seemed to be the catalyst for Spurs to kick on and, and win that match. And I was speaking to a Spurs fan in the week who... It's a bit of a quandary. He'd, of course, he was saying that Harry Kane would always start. He is our best player, our best goal scorer, can win games out of nothing. Mm. But sometimes, when he isn't playing, it does allow players like Deli Alley and Lamella to come in and play in slightly different positions. And, and it kind of still works. It's, it's not a disaster if he isn't there. It could be a disaster, though, if Hung Min Son has to join the South Korean yeah. army. In the coming weeks. That so will be a problem. Basically, for those that have missed the story this week, they've had it deferred a few times. You have to be uh, do your two years military service in South Korea by the age of 28. You have to do it. He hasn't done it as yet. Um, and he has been given dispensation in the past because of how South Korea have done in, in major tournaments. If they do well in the World Cup or they win the Asia Cup, he might not have to do it. If they don't, they might be losing Hong Son for next season. And without him... Can you imagine... Yeah, that'd be mad, wouldn't it? What a mad thing to happen. And without him this weekend, and without him in the last couple of weeks, I'm not sure they'd still be in the top four. And I'm not sure so many would still fancy Spurs against Swansea. No, he's been he's been absolutely brilliant. He's had a hand in 13 goals in his last 10 starts, and that's just in the FA Cup. But his league form has been spectacular as well. Scoring with military positions, some would say. You could say that, yeah. Uh, but, but Swansea, as you said, they've been on a good run themselves. At home in particular, they are strong. Hmm. Relegation for them is the big concern. They're on 31 points, four points above the relegation zone. It's quite clear, though, isn't it? I yeah. still fancy them to survive from this point. I think, I think we can get a bit caught up sometimes in this sort of, oh, they're focusing on this, they're focusing on that. I think winning football matches is a good thing for mm. these players. It's confidence building. It, it's, it makes a good feeling for That's the That's why for you the never play a weakened team, Dave. Never do it. Well, we'll see. We'll see. What you the... never send weak commentators out, do you? Not by choice, anyway. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. But we'll, we'll see what the lineups are like this weekend. But it, it is a big competition, the FA Cup, as we've mentioned a few times already today. There is this brigade of people who say that Mar- Mauricio Pochettino needs to win a trophy. Do you think that? Do you think less of him as a coach, as a fan, as a journalist? Do you think less of him 
Because he ain't won nothing. No, I don't. I don't think any less of him if he doesn't win the FA Cup this season. Mm. Because by any objective measure, the job he has done at Spurs has been fantastic. He has taken them from a team that, at their absolute best season would get into the Champions League, would mm. squeeze into the Champions League on the, in the last few weeks of the season, as they did under Harry Redknapp before. They, they Under Yol, they nearly got there. They were, mm. they were within touching distance. They might win the League Cup every now and again. They're now pretty much nailed on Champions League team every season. They've finished second. They've, been in, you know, they've, they've played really well. They've won some big matches. Yeah, there's still a bit to go for them to make that leap into winning the league or getting to the semi-finals of the Champions League. They still need more. But that's what they're aiming for now. It was before that, that would have been beyond Spurs fans' wildest dreams. And I don't think an FA Cup makes a big difference. It'd be a brilliant day out for the fans. It'd be a great thing to say that you've done. But if they don't do it, I don't think, you know, I've seen, I've even seen some people say that it's all going to fall apart. The players are going to leave. Poch will leave. It's an FA Cup. If they don't win the FA Cup this year, there's people thinking that Pochettino will leave. suggest that, yeah. I don't know. I I kind of fall a little bit on the other side of the argument. I don't think if they don't win it that it's all over for Spurs. However, you've only got to watch that Juventus game. They didn't realise, and I don't think Pochettino, and it's only important for him, I don't think he knew how to manage that game. I don't think they got that game right, and they had a massive advantage going into it. I think they had... Uh, an equivalent squad, if not a better squad. There's no reason why Juventus were significantly better player for player than what Spurs put out. Yeah. They couldn't manage their way through a massive game, and it's all well and good. I think about Rafa Benitez. He gets continually talked to about when Liverpool won the Champions League and how that season happened. He says their best season was 2008 when they should have won it, when Yossi scored that goal at Fulham and they thought they were going to win it and all that. He basically says that that was our team. We'd done Real Madrid. It was amazing. But no one ever asked me about it because what people remember is winning stuff. And eventually, people like Pochettino will be asked, well, what you won? You want to be a Real Madrid manager? What you won? And if he's won five FA Cups in a row, I'm not talking. I'm not saying they will, but that is a big success. Yeah, but then five you... FA Cups, five second place finishes, or we, we, we came fourth one year and we made the quarterfinals one year. Now, look, there is value in winning competitions. Of course there is. But you look at Arsene Wenger, who's won three FA Cups in the last few years. Mm. They people, you know, he's his own case, though, isn't he? Well, he is, but they they sort of rubbish them and they diminish that achievement and say, oh well, it's just the FA Cup. Yeah. So if it wor- you know, it works for one example, should work for the other. Arsene Wenger and Arsenal are their own thing, and they're not playing this weekend. We haven't got to mention them, <laughs> and that's good news. I think Swansea are in for a great chance here. Such a shame that Jordan Ayew had a bit of a meltdown last week. They didn't mm. appeal the red card, so he's not going to play. Yeah. Because I think he's fantastic. I think he's been fantastic all season long. Uh, and it's a shame, I think, if he was in there, they'd have more chance of getting at Spurs. And it's when and how they have the ball, Swansea, whether they're going to be able to get at Spurs. Without him, I just don't think so. I you just know, don't think so. In 1964, that Here was Swansea's go. first appearance in the FA Cup quarterfinals. Then they were known as Swansea Town. I did know that. Playing at, was they, were they at Vetchfield then? They would have been, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, do your research, mate. <laughs> um, that's the 12-15 kick-off, Swansea against Spurs. Uh, let's segue to some Premier League, shall we? Uh, down the bottom, some great stories, some great games this weekend. Uh, for all the bad things that have happened to Crystal Palace in the last few weeks, one good thing has happened. Not only has Wilfred Zaha got his air cut, but he's playing football again. Lovely golden dreadlock. He looks a bit like an extra in Saved by the Bell, and I love it. It's a great look, and he's back this weekend, away at Huddersfield, and I'm continually astonished that Huddersfield aren't in trouble because they're just Middlesbrough from last season. They're, they're very, very negative. I think they'll try and contain Crystal Palace and they'll either nick this um, Palace by a goal to nil or it'll be nil-nil. Yeah, but crucially, 
they have won more games than Middlesbrough managed to do last season. Yeah, yeah. They have been tight, but they have nicked the occasional game. They've won a few games well, one of which being the first day of the season when they comfortably beat Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. And this weekend, if we had a full programme, this would have been the reverse of the first day of the season, This these lot of fixtures. Mm. And they're going to have to think back to that performance and try and recreate it this weekend because Palace not been going so well. But as you say, Zaha's back. They... They lost to Chelsea last week, but they had their moments in that game. Yeah, at the end, same against United. As yeah, well. so it, it's a it's a it's a it's a really big game because if Huddersfield do win it, that point that puts seven points between them and Crystal Palace, who are in the 18th place slot in the league. Palace win one point; it's right close. I still don't see Palace going down. I just don't see it. They've got winnable games. They've got players that can win them. I see them finishing quite comfortably in the mid 40s <laughs> on points. I really do. I'm not sure, you know. Having, having watched just, them the last few weeks. I think that first seven games is going to come back to haunt them at the end of the season. Mm. When, if and when they go down, if they do go down, it'll be interesting to see sort of how badly it reflects on, on Hodgson because he would have that in his defence. Look, I turned up and we hadn't scored a goal and didn't have a point in seven games, but. At one point, it also looked like he was going to get them out of trouble, and they do have the players. So it would be it would be a real shame if he didn't manage to do it. It'd be interesting yeah. to see what the reaction would be from the press. Uh, I still fancy him. Uh, elsewhere this weekend, got to mention this one: Bournemouth against West Bromwich Albion down the bottom as well. Uh, Bournemouth had their moments, like you mentioned, against Spurs last week. I think that the, the trouble is with Bournemouth. We saw it again the weekend. I think it was the second goal that Hungmin Son scored. When they go behind in games. They just get crazy cavalier. And I really admire it uh, about Bournemouth. But I, I think it was Son's second goal. When Bournemouth lose the ball, everyone is in the Spurs half by about 10 yards because they've thrown everyone forward. And that has seen teams crumble when it's happened at the Vitality. But away from home, it's seen them taking a few spankings in the last few weeks, Bournemouth. Uh, I, I think they'll be absolutely fine. They're not really in danger right now, and they'll get a confidence boosting win against West Bromwich Albion this weekend. You'd think so. But I mean, Pardew pretty much gave up last week, didn't he? You, I think it's funny this, right? So we've uh, there's a few people I know that have kind of worked through West Brom and have got some context up there. And it's an interesting story about West Brom. I think that they have decided they're going down and they're going to sell. And so why would they sack Alan Pardew right now? Because it's, some, it's someone else's yeah. problem. Why would I give him whatever money they've agreed? They give him a long-term contract. Didn't give him a six-monther like Mark Hughes or David Moyes. Oh, I just shuddered when I said his name and then he got away with it for a week. Um, but they basically said, why would we sack him? Let's leave it to someone else's problem. That's what I've heard from, from West Bromwich well, Albion. It makes sense. And if, if that, with that being the case, then it's going to be an awful, awful few weeks for Albion because they ain't staying up the way yeah. things are happening. They ain't going to win enough games from this point. And they might take a real pace in this weekend. It's sad to watch. I don't like seeing it. Yeah, I mean, the writing is on the wall. The manager's pretty much admitted that that's it. It's too late. Why wouldn't he resign? None of the 11 previous teams who've had 20 or fewer points from 30 Premier League games have survived. The last side to do so in the top flight, Crystal Palace in 1970. Mm. Why don't you think he's resigned? I think I'd have resigned. If that was the situation it just doesn't there, happen, I'd have resigned. Does it? People don't resign. But they're all really... I, I, just, I know they don't, and there's payoffs and legal and These all, and all men, that. They have lots of money, but they want more money. Like anyone, like any man or woman would want. If, you're gonna, if you know that in, a, in six weeks' time, when a relegation is inevitably confirmed, whoever is own, in charge of the club, they're going to sack you. They're going to pay your contract up. Why would you resign? Mm. Morals? Class? There's no morals in football, mate. No. No morals in here, either. That's <laughs> where we like it. Uh, one final game we not mentioned. Should be a cracker as well, eh, Dave? Liverpool against Watford. I don't know Watford. about that. If you're a Liverpool fan, maybe, yeah. What did you make of Watford uh, against Arsenal last week? Uh, quite a lot of possession. 
a lot of corners, yeah. which we didn't do anything with. But in both boxes, we weren't good enough. Defended mm. badly in, for the for the goals, and when we did have the, the the ball in the final third of Arsenal's half, not enough quality. Final ball wasn't good enough. Miss an open goal. Troy Deeney misses a penalty, which had a sense of inevitability about it after yeah. what he said in October when we beat them at Vicarage Road. And it was a comfortable victory for Arsenal in the end. They weren't brilliant, but they didn't need to be. And we played quite well, but we weren't quite good enough. Not worried about Watford from this point? No, those two 1-0 victories over the last few weeks gave us the breathing space we needed. 36 points, 10th in the table. Watford had never been below 11th this season, really. So it's kind of, people have been saying for a long time, well, you're you worried about them? And have been worried a bit, but maybe a bit too worried. Mm. Actually never been anywhere near the bottom three. Yeah. There's a lot of teams beneath clubs like Watford who have been worse and and maybe not worse on paper, but are worse this season. Mm. I think they'll lose against Liverpool on Saturday at Anfield, but there's a few home games that I think will pick points up between now and the end of the season, finish probably between 12th, if we're lucky, 9th or 8th. As we record the programme, we don't know who Liverpool have yet got in the Champions League. So maybe they've got Sevilla, or maybe they've got... Who they've already lost to someone this season. In, indeed. Or whether they've got someone much tougher, maybe they've got Bayern, we don't know. However... Uh, we kind of need them and City to do well because we're getting embarrassed as a multinational office. They're showing us up here. All the Sevilla fans coming in this week, mugging me off like I care. But it's all England, so I need these English teams to do a bit better. It's winding me right up. Um, to be, I mean, they, they lost to Man U last time out, got a lot wrong on the day. Liverpool against Man United again. Dan yeah. Lovren got shown up for the, the weak defender that Trent he is. Alexander-Arnold had a tough game, didn't he, at right back? Yeah, a big learning curve for him. I just wonder whether he'll he'll play this weekend or whether he'll play in the Champions League as well. But going forward, they're still a frightening, frightening yeah. outfit. And I suppose Man United showed the way to, to, to nullify Liverpool. Don't allow any space in behind for Salah to run into. Get on top of him as soon as he has the ball. Anytime he had the ball on the edge of the area, there were four bodies around him. Mm. Ashley Young did a good job on him. Perhaps may nearly gave away a penalty at one point, but I think Watford are going to have to try and keep it tight, get a goal on the break. The, the game in August was a cracker. It was a three-all draw at Vicarage Road. Mm. I don't think we'll see that again, but it'd be great if we could. It'd be an entertaining one. Do you think Liverpool worried about Chelsea trying to catch them? Do you think there's any any chance that that four well, points to be turned over? They've got to play each other still, haven't they? And Chelsea, Liverpool and Chelsea. Got, yeah, got nothing else to play for really as well. It's all about trying to catch the top four. Liverpool got those Look, Champions League games to build up to. Is that... Is that surmountable? Is his second gone for them, I suppose, is the argument from this point. After that defeat last week, it looks tough, but they can't They can't let up. Mm. All these teams have got to win their games and try and get in the top four. They, there's always twists and turns at the end of the season. There's always surprise results, a team from down the bottom. So out of nowhere, West Brom will pop up, pop up with a victory, completely against all logic and, and, and form. And you just don't know. So yeah. you've just got to keep going. See that story this week about Mohamed Salah to, to round off. So they bought him in the summer. There was a whole bunch of data about his value to a team. Mm. If they were looking to sell him, of course they're not. But if they were looking to sell him, his value now apparently is £144 million. That's mad, isn't it? <sighs> it is mad. But Would you pay it? If you were Watford? <laughs> if <laughs> if you were Watford. I don't think we'd have much money left if we paid that. But uh, if you're a top, top, top team... Is that tempting if Real came in for 144 pay, mil? Well, I don't know if you'd pay that much, but you'd, you'd, pay, you'd have to be a paying around the sort of... Hun- get to the hundreds, right? Didn't do it uh, in a big game last week, though, did he? No, he didn't. Mm. 
And he's going to have another big game in the Champions League to prove that he can do it at that level. And he's got to get past Watford as well this weekend. Dave, as ever, thank you very much indeed. David Walker, Talk Sports Football Editor. We're off next week. Yeah. It's my stag do. We're next going to week. Miami, aren't we? Uh, I can't go to Miami. I might be going to Miami. It's a surprise. It's my stag do. Uh, yeah. Just 10 weeks from the wedding All now. the West Ham lads will meet you there. There's going to be me, No, Then you'll change your tune, Zabba. won't you? Yeah. yeah, well, you know what I mean. I'll take relegation if me and Zabba can go out all night tearing it up in Miami with Will Smith <laughs> and the like. Uh, so if I survive, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Before you go, I just wanted to remind you that the Vauxhall ELCV range is the best-selling electric van range from Vauxhall, which is driving innovation in 2024 with its modern facelifted design and improved electric technology. Now, I know that the transition to an electric vehicle can sometimes feel daunting, but rest assured that when you choose Vauxhall, you're in the safest of hands. The ELCV range is designed to be as accessible as a diesel van with an electric range of 261 miles and with one year's free public charging included, you will find it cheaper to run too. If you're already thinking of making the leap to an electric vehicle, then consider this your official sign. Go online and search Vauxhall Electric Vans today. Vauxhall's best-selling electric van range, energising a better Britain. Terms and conditions apply.